2: Here's the host of It's Your Life, James Cooley. Hello, welcome to It's Your Life. I'm James Cooley. You know, I tell you, i got a great co-host here. Uh, uh, I kind of forget her name, but I think it's... uh...
3: Michelle Cooley. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And, you know,
2: like always, uh, my great, great producer, Noah Dingler. How are you doing, my friend?
1: I'm doing really well. And, you know, I told you I was going to go out for Halloween. I sent you Mm -hmm. the pictures of... uh, of, of myself and my my yeoman for the evening, and uh, you know what? I was going as Captain Kirk, and I'm sticking with that. But you and Michelle instantly said I looked like Chief O'Brien. That's still a great compliment, so I'm taking that one.
2: Man, I'm gonna tell you, I'm be honest with you, man. Uh, and if you give me permission, I would share that, and we and we and we and we'll, we'll get some votes in. You look <laughs> identical to Chief O'Brien, and you have a gorgeous yeoman there. Well, I think we need to call her Captain Captain Cammie.
3: Captain Cammie, I like that. But your chief O'Brien in <laughs> Deep Space Nine, because in the next generation, he didn't have that much of a role, but in Deep Space Nine, he his his character flourished. Oh, it,
2: did. it did. Man. I think we got a. We, uh, we we got somebody celebrating their birthday.
1: Yeah, we do. So we actually have uh, the, the lady we were just talking about, my fabulous girlfriend, uh, Cammie. It's her birthday today, and I normally don't you know, bring her on the air, but just wanted to wish her a very happy 39th birthday, and hopefully she's celebrating a special one.
2: Okay, before we bring on, can I do this? And I normally don't do this, uh, but you know what, uh, Cammy, uh it's one of my favorites. She won a legacy contest, uh, folks out there, in case you didn't know it. And I want to say, happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Cammy. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, Cam. How you doing?
3: I am good. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Left you speechless, huh? Oh, <laughs> uh, cuz
4: no one knows how much I love attention.
2: <laughs> wow. Uh, you know, uh, a birthday is uh we 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 got to always celebrate those uh birthday moments. Uh, I think birthdays we, for me have always been a big deal and she, you
1: know, she's not one for attention, but you always got to make people and those that you care about feel extra special on their on their big day, so Oh, so,
2: so, Cammie, real quickly, uh, what did you do, uh, for your birthday today? Are you still, or you guys still planning on how you're going to celebrate?
4: Um, yeah, this morning my kids and I, uh, got up extra early and went for donuts because that's just a little birthday tradition in our family. We always get donuts on someone's birthday. And then I went to work. I teach middle school and I was, Flooded with love of um, notes and pictures and handmade cards and treats and coffee because they know coffee is my love language and so had a, a neat day just celebrating with my students and then actually drove up to the station and uh, spent some time with Noah on his break and now I am hanging out with my mom and sister because. It is my sister's birthday too. Uh, we are not twins, but we are oh. exactly seven years apart, born on the same day. So,
1: yeah, I, wow. I took her out to lunch uh, <laughs> here, and we just you know shared some some time together, and it was uh, you know gave her gifts then, and you know had a nice meal. We went over to the to the corner bakery and had a good time.
2: Wow! Yeah. So great, great, and Tammy, one of these days, and I mentioned this to Noah. I'm gonna set it on the air. One day, I would love to have you as a guest, uh, as a school teacher, uh, to to help educate uh, our listening audience on what it is, how it is, love, I mean, loving your students or having that connection. One of these days, I think we, we need to talk about that. Oh, I'd love
4: to do that. I don't like attention on myself, but I love to talk about what I do and the students that I work with and all of that good stuff. So, Absolutely.
1: And
2: my great producer, you heard that right?
1: It sounds like a great show idea to me. I think we need to make it
2: happen <laughs> we're going to make it happen. I tell you i I'm so excited about and and thanks so much uh Tammy, for uh coming on I am so excited to know about this this guest that we got tonight um I tell you, we all grew up uh uh, uh Mm-hmm. Knowing about uh, uh this uh, character that he created and the books and produced the show Benji you remember Benji and you know, Noah you and I talk about this, and Michelle is just crazy about uh Benji and uh, you you don 't had this young man on the show before noah right?
1: i i 've had him on my show it was it was another one of those things like Chad Stewart where I, I had him on a couple of times and then You know, uh, the pandemic happened and, you know, you lose touch with people, unfortunately. And I was going through my old guest book the other day trying to think of not just good guests for my show to have back on, but, you know, right here for It's Your Life. And I was like, Joe is one of the most old school, and I mean that in a good way hospitable, spiritual people that I know and that I have talked to. And the fact that he created Benji, which was near and dear to my heart growing up and also to Michelle, it was it was a no-brainer that we had to get him on It's Your Life.
3: Yes. Um, I, I remember just watching, you know, just as a kid, just, you know, different syndicated shows or, or just different movies. And I always had a love for animals, especially dogs. And, you know, the dog was always the center of attention, just bringing families together you know we could really use more movies like that in the theater or something you know just family oriented so i'm excited about the show tonight and and the guests we have
2: i am so excited well and i, I think in uh, in it's joe camp uh listening audience uh, so so if you don't remember Benji which i think you do you can quickly go to your uh, phone internet and just look it up but we got the producer the writer Uh, the guy that made this happen, and I am so happy to have him on the James Cooley show. You know, James, we always
1: talk about adversity. This guy had faced quite a bit of adversity in making Benji a reality, but he didn't give up, and he relied on God, and he got it done.
2: And funny you mention it, Noah, and I'm going to turn it over to him shortly, but uh, he and I had a conversation that I think is almost an hour, right, Joe, something like that? Or less yeah almost an hour, and uh, i tell you that was uh, so inspiring uh, to actually be chatting with him and to for him to share some of his stories with me and I tell you, I am ready and listen audience if you want to be part of this conversation, that's one eight eight eight. Again, that's 188-344-1170. Michelle, can you please introduce the title and the purpose of tonight's show?
3: Yes, the title of tonight's show is Joe Camp, Following His Dreams Despite the Odds. And the purpose of the show tonight is getting to know the background of author, writer, and director Joe Camp, discuss the challenges in distributing the movie, Benji, Discuss his book, "The Soul of a Horse: Life Lessons from the Herd," and discuss how God puts us here to make a difference.
2: Please introduce this great uh, gentleman to our listening audience. And and Joe, I know we're coming up on the break, but uh, Michelle going to read the bio. I'm going to get one quick question in before we take the break.
3: Yes, okay. Joe Camp. Joe Camp showed his first film to every studio in Hollywood but couldn't get a distributor. Nobody wanted the original Benji. Nobody. Zero. 18 months later, Variety reported that the movie had garnered the number three buck office gross for the year more than 40 years later in 2018 variety published an article entitled the best movie dogs of all time there were 20 on the list itemized by preference benji was number one joe hopes that his experience of confronting obstacles is one of promise for all those who have battled the odds for things held dear and perhaps surrendered too quickly to those indolent offspoken assurances you can't do that that's impossible give up quit sit down shut up go away Joe believes that anything is possible if you work hard enough and trust in yourself that you can accomplish whatever you want to accomplish in life, no matter how impossible it might seem. God planned the vision, the passion you have in your heart, and he will use it to make your life extraordinary. Against the odds. Joe Camp's journey with Benji is a riveting true story that dares you to dream. He proves the experts wrong, and now, after five Benji movies, he's at it again with his best-selling books that are turning the traditional thinking about horses on its head. The Soul of a Horse. Life Lessons from the Herd is a national bestseller in its 17th printing. Its sequel, Born Wild, is also a bestseller and was an Amazon number one hot new release. The James Cooley Show it's July proudly welcomes Joe Camp.
2: Joe, welcome to the show. How you doing, my friend? How you I doing? Am, How you doing? I am,
5: I am really excited to be here because you you, know, you and I are preaching the same thing. <laughs>
2: it, and you it know it is, what? It,
5: uh, it, is, it is really good to... After, you know, listening to your show to actually get there, and you know, 2 plus 1 plus 1 doesn't equal 2. In this case, it's going to equal about 12, okay?
2: (laughs) I think you're absolutely right. But I tell you what, this is what we're going to do before I even ask you the first question. We're going to take a station break. So when we get back, we're really going to get a chance to know who Joe Camp is. And we're going to delve off into a lot of the things that you're doing and I tell you, we are so excited. And if you want to be part of the conversation, that's one 888 117 Again, that's 1-888-344-117. It's your life. I'm James Cooley. There's more stories of greatness to
6: help you overcome adversity. Coming up on It's Your Life with James Cooley.
2: Hi, I'm James Cooley, host of the James Cooley Show, It's Your Life. And in the new audio version of my book, Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet, you can join me as I share my true life story of struggle and success in America. It's both a cautionary tale and a roadmap to achieving the American dream. Get the new audio version of my book, Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet on Amazon and wherever audio books are sold.
7: Available on Amazon and everywhere books are sold.
0: Streaming now on the Answer San Diego app and odyssey.com. It's time to dream big,
1: think big, and be big. It's time for more It's Your Life. Now, here's your host, James Cooley.
2: Hello, welcome back to It's Your Life. I'm James Cooley, and I tell you, uh, I know the Facebook audience uh, that's watching this on both of the Facebook channels, you can see the gleam. You can see, you can you can feel the energy just coming from me just to have this great guest on the show tonight. Uh, and for him to, uh, when he getting ready to tell us uh, about him and how he came up with the idea of this great, uh, we call it uh, Benji the dog. Well, it's been five movies and a lot of other stuff that's uh, uh, that's in here. But I want to know the background on how. All of this got started. So I tell you, if you want to be part of this great conversation, that's one 344 eleven seventy. Again, that's one 888 Joe, my man, uh, yes. I got to ask this question. I'm dying to know about it. it was, um, can you tell our listening audience where you were born, your background growing up, and tell our listening audience a little bit about your educational background?
5: I, I, I suppose, I don't think there's much very interesting about it, but <laughs> I, I was born actually in St. Louis. And before I was in the third grade, we moved from St. Louis to Kansas City to Joplin to, uh, somewhere else and then to Little Rock. And after that, we moved to L.A. and then we moved to Jackson, Mississippi, <laughs> and, I was, and I, I was finally settled in Memphis when uh, I started the seventh grade, and was there for the rest of junior high and high school, or middle school and high school, as so you can call it now. And uh, just uh, went to Ole Miss, and all the wrong things, you know, for doing what I wanted to go out and do because there. There was no film courses at Old Miss when, you know, when I was there. And, uh, yeah, that was one of the big de- devastations in my life, actually. And yeah, I was on a learning curve with God. You know, there's, he, he's, uh, he, he'd, you know, makes no promises whatsoever to let you know what he's up to. <laughs> and, uh, what he was up to and what he is up to, I think all the time with most people who think they're suffering from devastations he's he's actually training you to do what he has planned for you and that was the case with uh, you know with uh, going to ucla that's what i wanted to do go to ucla and he said no you're gonna stay at old miss and you are going to learn marketing and advertising because you're gonna need it when they turn down your movie in hollywood
2: <laughs> <laughs> you know speaking of that um um you and I talk and uh bio, uh you came up with this great idea. You came up with this great story uh about uh, the, uh, this dog, Benji. And uh I believe once we come up with some ideas and stories, we got it in our heart uh that this is what uh we was here to do when you presented your your, your movie to everybody in Hollywood. Uh, first of all, can you tell us the, a little bit about the theme of Benji, and can you tell us uh, about some of the disappointments when they turned down your your movie at every place that you tried to present it to? Well,
5: the the, the uh, it's interesting, I guess it is to me anyway, but because of the, the theme or the storyline, uh, as they call it in the business uh really had nothing to do with the movie at all what what the movie was about was about the struggle of this little dog to accomplish something that dogs can't generally accomplish and the problems that he had all the way through doing that and it's a, it's a very emotional movie and and we intended it to do to do that because all the dog movies Up until that point, the dog has been one of the, you know, the the prop characters. Your heart was with the kid who has to kill the dog because he is uh, eating the chickens or whatever. and, And I wanted your heart to be with this dog. Uh, And and so the story is told emotionally about the struggle that this dog has to do something that that has to do with a couple of kids that he loves dearly and are in deep trouble. And and so I was really working hard throughout the, the, the process of the movie to make sure that Benji was engaging the heart of everybody that was sitting out there watching it. And it was really important to me and to us to to get adults, to get y'all out there as well as your kids, because when you grab somebody's emotion and don't turn it loose, you know, magic can happen. And that's what we were going for, and that's what we were, we were trying to do. And... The, uh, a lot of people have asked me, say, what's the difference between Lassie and Benji? And I said, well, the way I say it is that people like Lassie, but they love Benji. <laughs>
3: and,
5: and, and the reason for that is because you have struggled with this dog for an hour and a half in this situation and, you know, cried when he was crying and laughed when he was laughing and, uh, uh, and so you're, I, I think, a lot closer to Benji than you are to, to you know, most dog movies. And so there, there haven't been many that have made the dog the three-dimensional character, you know, the hero of the movie, and the people are the props. And, and, that, and, and it's interesting because that's so much the case that, uh, you know, we had a lot of reviewers in the beginning that uh, completely ignored the dog because they had their little book, you know, that said, you know, this is how you review a movie. You you know, how are the actors doing? How is the story? How is the this and how is the that? And uh, we had to go on tour, and we toured 120 towns and cities in the United States from Spartanburg to New York uh, to make sure we were getting on the media and informing the media what this movie was all about before they saw it. Because I, I was just blown away that, that you know, I actually, we actually had a review that only mentioned the fact that there was a dog in it one time. And the whole movie is about this dog. It's from this dog's point of view. And so it was it, it was just the beginning of what... What we were going to have coming at us,
3: Joe? Where did you get the name Benji from?
5: Actually, we had a a, a little Yorkshire terrier whose name was Sir Benji of something or another that mm-hmm. uh, was his paper name, you know, that he was registered, and he was called Benji in the house. <laughs> and uh, he didn't—he was a Yorkshire, so he didn't look at all like Benji, but he was. Uh, he was our favorite pup until until the other Benji came along.
3: What do you think convinced um, the movie studios to finally distribute the movie of Benji? What do you think finally did it?
5: They didn't. Oh, they didn't. When they turned us down, mm-hmm. it was every every distributor in town, and that 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 was, you know, I said you know not going to film school UCLA. Mm-hmm. Was one of my big devastations, and that was the next one. When we went back to Dallas, because we were living in in Dallas, and the the movie was made in Dallas and McKinney and around the Dallas area. Uh, and we went back after going out to Hollywood with it, with our tail between our legs, and we had two choices, you know, throw it in the trash or figure it out. And that's where, you know, I I, I think that. Uh, the you know the philosophy that y'all have is so important because you know I always say you know you can't ever fail until you quit and it was a good time to quit when we came back from Hollywood but we didn't and we wound up going back to school I mean we, Benji was the first movie that anybody on the set had ever made before mm-hmm. except the trainers of Benji and everybody was working their, their first movie. So there was all kinds of problems that we had going on, but the, the fact that, you know, it was our first movie and we go back to the investors and say, okay, now we, now we want to learn something about distribution and distribute the movie ourselves. And, wow. and, and a lot of them laughed pretty heartily at our faces. <laughs> so you got a movie that, that nobody wants to distribute, and you want us to put more money in so that you can go do that yourself? And yeah, I said, well, yeah, that's
2: that's about it. <laughs> hey, Joe, Joe, hold that thought. We got to take a station break. We got to pay the bills. Okay. But we're going we gonna to come back. And my great producer, Noah, uh, he keeps telling me uh, that I, I, I got a couple questions for this great guy. So I'll tell you what. If you want to be part of this great conversation, that's 1-888-344-1110. We'll be back shortly after the break with more Joe Camp. It's your life, and we're talking about Benji. See you after the break.
6: There's more stories of greatness to help you overcome adversity. Coming up on It's Your Life with James Cooley.
2: There is much truth in a journey that ain't over yet, as all of us journey through life's precious gift of time, just like I have. Hi, I'm James Cooley, host of the James Cooley Show, It's Your Life. And in the new audio version of my book, Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet, you can join me as I share my true life story of struggle and success in America. It's both a cautionary tale and a roadmap to achieving the American dream. This is a must listen to for anyone who thinks they are stuck in life or need to understand that their current situation is not their final destination. Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet. It's the unfiltered truth to provide hope for the future by challenging you to refuse to become a victim of life's circumstance and dare to be an overcomer. Because a bigger, better, and a more impactful life awaits you. Get the new audio version of my book, Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet on Amazon and wherever audio books are sold.
7: Available on Amazon and everywhere books are sold.
1: Noah Dingley here, producer of the James Cooley Show, It's Your Life. And the new audio version of James' book, Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet, is a must-have. James shares his true-life story of struggle and success in America. It's both a cautionary tale and a roadmap to achieving the American dream get the new audio version of country boy city boy a journey that ain't over yet by james cooley on amazon.com or wherever audiobooks are sold the answer
0: san diego streaming now on smart speakers and odyssey.com
1: it's time to dream big think big and be big it's time for
2: more it's your life now here's your host james cooley hello welcome back to it's your life i'm james cooley and I. Uh, 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 you know, it's 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 just kind of hard not to be tickled pink. Uh, that's what we call it when you are just giggly and you're having fun. And uh, and uh, I got an opportunity to know this guest a little bit today, uh, just chatting with him, and I I really appreciate him even taking the time uh, that we we could spend uh, forty five minutes to an hour chatting, and uh, just to have him as a guest tonight, Noah. Man, it's just I mean, first of all, it brings goosebumps. Uh, to uh, actually be talking to a legend <laughs> and uh and also to get an understanding that he is just like you and i and and we all have feelings we all go through emotions we all experience or whatever that might be and uh a lot of times uh most people they they feel that if you are a celebrity or you you're in uh, uh, that space that you're different. it's not like that. We all are people, we all care, we all love, we all want to tell the truth. We all want to be honest and and to bring your art work just like what Joe Camp uh did uh to our lives through the movies, through scripture, through everything he he have done is just so tremendous. And listen on before I turn it over to Noah, if you want to be part of this conversation, that's one eight 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 three four four eleven seven. You got it my friend?
1: And Joe, it's so glad to hear your voice again and, you know, just have you back on another one of the shows that I'm a part of and I'm having you back on my show in the next couple of months. But and, and I know the story and we were talking about before the break, having all the different doors slammed in your face, face with the project, the first project, the initial project of Benji. and Then you decided to go go it alone. But what we didn't dive into was why did you keep going what was the driving factor that that you said to yourself? Okay, these doors have been closed, but I want to get this done. But what was the why behind it?
5: Uh, I, it God, I guess, because I, it never occurred to me to quit, and uh, and I think the persistence. And I, you know, what I look looking backwards on the whole thing. I am certain that what he was doing was prepping us for everything that was to come, giving us the hard times, the things that we had to, you know, work through in order to hone that capability so that when we really needed him, I mean, we got the the distribution was a problem, of course, but the making the movie, I mean, I I, I thought it was going to be a snap, you know, I, I had done a lot of commercials and that kind of thing. And I knew exactly what I wanted and we're going to go out there and get it. And oh my gosh, you know, we, we shot the first scene of the movie 78 times. Oh, Wow. <laughs> and then actually printed the one that's in the film was something like, you know, 74 or 75, uh, uh, in the number of takes that we had, that we had done. And it's a very complicated shot and you know had dolly work and following focus and have you know, all this stuff and it had to look right and it had to feel right and it had to bring the people in and this is a dog early in the morning waking up and greeting the morning just like every dog that you've ever seen do with the sniffs of the air and what's going on out there and we wanted you to fall in love with him before he even got out of the window that he was jumping out of and and so it had it had to be right. And I so somebody asked me that same question not too long ago, and I said I I, I think that it probably all boiled down to is that we we, we said uh, no a whole lot more than we said yes. If it wasn't right, we just said no no we're not going to we're not going to do it. And I I wound up having to take the entire crew you know somewhere around take. 50, for because we were shooting it every, we'd we'd shoot six or seven of them each week and think we had it, and go back and look at the film during the week, and it was not right, so then the next week, we would do it again and again and again, and we shot it every week that we were shooting on the film, we shot that first scene, and it just, you know, the crew was getting really demoralized, because they... They had done it. They had done it. They had done it. They had done their best work, and it was my fault. I mean, every every mistake that was made uh, on on that shot was my fault. But I was still determined that we we needed to have it just right, and so we kept doing it. Is a is a story that I love uh, about Australia and Aborigines, you know, out in uh, the Australia plains and how they. You know, many of them are rainmakers, and when the when they, there's a drought, they'll call up these tribes to come out and make rain for the for their crops and so forth. And this guy heard about one of them who was batting a thousand. I mean, he, they never failed. They they got rain every time they went out. And he said, "I got to find out about this." And he went down and went out into the boondocks. And found this tribe and got a meeting with the king and the uh, you know he, he walked in the door and the king says what can I do for you and he says well I, you know I'm told that you don't ever fail that you always make rain and he said that's true you never fail never fail how do you do that and he looked at him and smiled and said we don't quit until it rains
1: you know, it's funny too. I remember our last conversation, Joe, and, um, you know, obviously you wanted to get into the film industry. Uh, that was, you know, a big passion of yours and the way it played out is kind of God taking you and saying, okay, I'm still going to let you do this. I'm still going to let you have your career in the film industry, but we're going to do it my way. And we're going to do it a little bit of a different way. And then you didn't get caught up in what a lot of the people in Hollywood get caught up in because you were doing it on a much
5: different path. That's very true. I mean, it's absolutely true. And, and, and I think it was definitely his his uh, his position because we had made several efforts at trying to get out to Hollywood, get on and, you know, writing for television or doing this or something. And uh, we get right to the wire and it would go kaplunk. And that went on for several years, actually. And you know and as i say he he's not God's not one to let you know what's going on and what's happening, but I think he I, I think he was dead set that he wanted me to go to Hollywood to learn, but he didn't want me to go to Hollywood to stay because there was nothing that ever happened that that and, and we've never sh- we've never shot a foot of film in California anywhere. Uh, It's all been done outside, and the original Benji was made in Dallas and McKinney, Texas, and uh, around that that area. And uh, I, I am convinced that he spent all of that time really prepping me, us, for what was to come. And the hard times that were still going to, after the movie was made and people loved it and everybody turned it down in Hollywood, you know, there was still work to be done. A lot of work to be done because we didn't know anything about distribution and we had to learn it. And, and we went, uh, an example of what was happening virtually every day in the distribution of the film is that uh, Boston, had five really great theaters and 26 what they called also rants, you know, the, the, the second run, uh, theaters. And we wanted to play, of course, those five or six theaters the year that we were, the, the second year that we were out in distribution. And they, they, uh, said no because they, have a policy corporately that they will not play G-rated films side by side and they Disney had one side of the theater they were all twins at that time you know they didn't have any 18 plexes or anything and and so Disney had half half the screen you know in, in the twin theater and then they had other movies going on the other side and so I said, okay, we're not going to do it. And I got hissed, all kinds of fussing from the, the people in our distribution department. Hey, we got to do this. They've been great to us. They've always played us what we wanted, where we wanted it. they pay us on on, uh, on account and didn't have to wait to get it all settled and so forth. And the money was needed to keep the ball rolling out there in the country. And... <clears throat> The um, uh, and, and I said I, I, I'm sorry, you know, to those people. That movie is just another movie to hopefully make them some money. And, wow! And, and to us, it's our future. It's our life. It's everything that we've been working for, and we're not going to go in to second-run theaters anywhere because we had, we, we were setting house records. In, in all over the country, and we were playing very spasmodically. You know, instead of opening the whole country at one time, we would play anywhere we could get the right theater, the right circumstance, the right situation, you know, going on. And if we couldn't get that, we wouldn't. We wouldn't play. And so we it was it was you know a, a distribution expert would look at it and say, this is. Never gonna work. Wow, Joe! Can you can
2: you hold that thought? We gotta take a station break, but this is so fascinating. We're gonna come back, and we're gonna bring Joe Camp back, and we're gonna finish discussing Benji, and we're also going to get off into uh, a couple other things uh, that loves like horses and uh, etc. So I tell you, want to be part of the conversation? That's 1-888-8. 344 Livingston. It's your life. I'm James Cooley. We'll be back shortly after the break. There's more
6: stories of greatness to help you overcome adversity. Coming up on It's Your Life with James Cooley. It's our mission to equip the youth of today for the challenges of tomorrow. And we rely heavily on the generosity of individuals and business owners for support. Without the assistance of community-minded individuals just like you, we wouldn't be able to serve our youth each year. We ask that you make a commitment to support our annual appeal by making a cash donation. This year's goal is $50,000. Your generosity will assist us in making a difference in the lives of the youth in our community.
7: Available on Amazon and everywhere books are sold.
0: FM ninety six point one North County and AM 1170 San Diego. The answer. It's
1: time to dream big, think big, and be big. It's time for more It's Your Life. Now, here's your host, James Cooley.
2: Hello, welcome back to your Life. I'm James Cooley, and I'll tell you, this is uh, such a wonderful story. Didn't no, I tell you this, how phenomenal he was, James? Yes, and this is one of the shows where we got to have a part two. I mean, if. Uh, you know, we only got this last segment, and I got so many things that I want to talk about, but we're not going to be able to get to all of those. Uh, so. Uh, we're we just going to tease and say, Joe, uh, we can always do a part two. All you do is just tell me that, that you can. Yeah. And uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> You know, I, I tell you, I want to change the topic a little bit. Uh, and um, I love Benji. We're we going to talk about Benji some more, but maybe not tonight. Uh, but we, in part two, we will. Uh, but uh, listen, if you want to be part of the conversation, that's one 888 uh, uh Joe, I think Michelle got a, a, a question. Um, for us.
3: Yes, Joe, what advice would you give to someone to follow their dreams despite the odds that they're facing? What's the best advice can you give them?
5: Don't ever give up. Don't ever give up. God places that passion into your heart and he will use it to just because you think that you're ready to go, that you're ready to get it done, you know, he knows better. And he will give you the prep that you need to go out there and make it happen if you don't quit.
2: And that's the big thing that uh, you and I talked about uh, is uh, the minute that you quit on yourself. A lot of times we can't pick ourselves back up because we quit. Uh, God has purpose for all of us, at least that's what I believe. And he put us through what we call trials and tribulations, and um, he put... uh, roadblocks and circumstances in front of us just to see how determined we are uh, to succeed. And um, based on my conversation with you, based on what we know, and based on this uh, interview tonight, your determination uh, at everything that you've done, especially when they told you that you can't. They told you no. Uh a person could have easily said, okay, I'm done, and walked away. So, Joe, my question to you is, your determination to have your passion and dreams come into fruition, it was so amazing, uh, but uh, just like I, I mentioned, did you ever think about just, it ain't worth it, I'm done?
5: Well, you know, There were times that I've kind of alluded to, you know, when I couldn't go to film school and, And when uh, the movie was turned down, yeah, there were times when I, you know, I certainly thought about it. But by that time, I had learned that you know God does not feel like it's His obligation to let us know what He's doing. (laughs) He just, he, he, he's gonna, he, he was prepping us for everything we did, and both of those situations had to happen exactly as He planned them. For us to be talking tonight, for Benji to have ever been a a, a famous movie,
2: you're absolutely right. Uh, because God has plans, and sometimes uh, we don't know what they are. And uh,
5: most times,
2: <laughs> <laughs> but I, I tell you, uh, so much success uh, with Benji, and you having major success with your new book. Uh, best-selling, and it's not about a dog. It's about a horse, Uh, the soul of a horse. I know we don't have a whole lot of time, but you and I had this conversation today about the spirit and the soul of a horse. Can you explain to our listening audience, in two minutes, I know that's not a whole lot of time, Uh, but uh, our conversation today.
5: Basically, Basically what we found out when we got into horses, which was only about 10 15 years ago, uh, is that most horses i mean 90 percent or better of all the domestic horses in this world are not living according to what their genetics are calling for they're they're living in little bitty stalls eating out of bags of sugar and all sorts and kinds of things that give them stress and and shorten their lives and gives them health problems and so that was when we got into it, that that's where it came from and where it went. The Soul of a Horse is not a, a preaching book. It's a, it's a book that tells our story of learning what was going on in all, in all of this. And I had no choice. I, I had to say, you know, that for the horse's sake and for the people's sake, because the people are happier, too, when their horse is happy. And we, we've changed the lives of thousands of horses around the planet. And uh, uh, and you feel very blessed for having done so, and the and the book is is still going very very well, and people are reading it every day and coming to the website and asking questions and so forth, and I'm very quick to to do anything I can to answer the questions that they have, uh, because it's it's really important. We have eight ourselves. Three of them are Mustangs. They're all mixed breeds and they're all living as horses should live. We don't have a stall on the property anywhere. We don't have a stall in the barn. Uh, they're out, they're out making their own choices and they're all at liberty all of the time. We rarely, rarely, rarely ever put a rope or a halter on them. We don't have to
2: wow so uh you you was telling me earlier and you gave me a probably a, a 15 to 20 year history on the horse need to be free need to be able to run uh a horses primary prey for a lot of animals and as long as they're in the environment they're able to uh live and run and do the things and keep the blood flowing I just want our listening audience to know that that if you have not, and if you don't really understand this, you need to go out and buy the soul of a horse life lessons from the herd. Uh, because, uh, that's what Joe said. They, they, they feel comfortable when they're in the herd. Joe, uh, another question that I have to know. And I always talk about legacy, you know, legacy. And, um, a lot of times, uh, just like you and I, uh, both of your kids are in the same game, uh, the entertainment game, the movie game. What do you want your legacy to be?
5: I can drop down on a street corner anywhere in the free world and say <laughs> one word and bring a smile to somebody's face and sparkle in their eyes. And that, that's good enough for me right there.
2: Wow. I want uh, How can I listen to audiences? They want to learn more about Joe Camp, learn more about Benji, learn more, more about uh, the soul of a whore, uh, know more about the passion of a person, which is love, honesty, integrity, and just uh, learning to uh, just uh, be able to share this great planet of ours with everybody with the same passion. How can they get in touch with you?
5: Solovahorse.com is our major website for horses, and it's got some Benji stuff on it. JoeCamp.info is loaded with Benji items and all sorts of kind of things. And both of those websites are direct connections to us.
2: Joe, so uh, if you had a a departing message, uh, which you do, uh, 45 seconds less, what do you want to leave our listening audience? What what a uh, word of advice do would you uh, leave our listening audience tonight with?
5: Know that the passion for what you want to do comes from your God, and understand that, and therefore don't ever quit because He will make sure it happens. If once once you reach the point that He knows you can do it.
2: Wow, you know Noah. My friend, uh, you was absolutely right. This you, you told me. You said, "JC, you, you're gonna be blown away because uh, the kindness, the heart of this great guy, and uh, just what uh, he stands for. It's not all about uh, being famous. It's not all about being all that other type of stuff because." When it's all said and done, that doesn't make any sense. It's
1: about that other that other thing we talk about other than legacy, J C. It's about character, and Joe Camp has a lot of character.
2: Everything that if I know,
5: that's <laughs> not that what my wife says. She says I am a
7: character.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you know, I tell you, we we coming down to the last minute or, or so of the show, and Joe, I, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to come on the show. I meant what I said about uh part two now uh, keep that in mind i like to thank my great co-host michelle cooley i like to thank my great producer Noah dingley most important i like to thank our listening audience i tell you we're looking for sponsors always so we can continue to bring this great message to you and great guests like joe camp we'll be back tomorrow same time same place it's your life from james cooley
6: thanks for joining us for it's your life with james cooley